thank you for joining us on another episode of Popcorn for Breakfast. And I said joining us, I really mean joining me, Cam. Kirk is out on vacation this week, which, if you ask me, was a very rude and frankly selfish decision by him to to leave me alone. But here we are. I guess he needed like a break or like to relax or something. I don't know. Like I said, selfish decision. But here we are. Uh, so thank you for for listening in. We're going to be doing things a little bit differently this week, as you've probably already noticed. First of all, our movie review of The Suicide Squad dropped on Monday instead of Friday. Normally, we would do that on a Friday, but this week we did it on a Monday because we wanted to share that review with you as soon as possible since we recorded it last week after we saw it. And this episode, the What's Poppin' episode, which would typically drop on Wednesday, is being recorded on a Wednesday, August 11th, but won't drop until Thursday, August 12th. So, like I said, a little bit of a different flow this week. This will be the last episode of this week. We don't have another episode lined up. Like I said, normally we would do our movie review on Friday, but we are just rolling with this instead. So thank you for being here. Um, it is really, really odd for me to not have a camera on right now. We've done so many episodes streaming over the last few months that it's hard for me to remember what it's actually like to record a podcast without having to look at a camera or without having bright studio lights in my face uh, while I do this. So this will be a new experience. And if I remember correctly, this is probably the first time I've ever podcasted alone. Um, so it's going to be an interesting experience, but we'll work through it together. We'll work through it together. And, and really, the reason for this is that the news never stops, as you know. I feel like um, I feel like Newman in Seinfeld whenever Jerry's like, why do you think mailmen go postal? And he's like, because the mail never stops. That's how the news is. The, the movie news just keeps flowing in. So wanted to take some time, do a quick podcast, catch you guys up on everything that's going on, and then we can return to everything else that's going on. But like I said, we've got lots to chat about, and I've got nobody here to chat with or to do crosstalk with for the next few minutes. So... Why don't we just do um, what's popping? Let's just jump right into it and pop it up. All right. We've got a nice, uh, good selection of movie and TV news this week. I have to decide where to start. Normally, Kirk and I would talk about this beforehand, but I guess I can just pick whatever my favorite is because it's just me. But let's start here. Let's start here. Uh, we talked a few weeks ago about the... Michael B. Jordan's Superman project and about how somebody must have must have found Kirk's dream journal because that's like Superman and Michael B. Jordan are two of his top five favorite things I'm willing to, to guess. Um, but I think somebody might have gotten a hold of my dream journal as well because news coming out this week from The Hollywood Reporter that Margot Robbie has been cast in Wes Anderson's untitled next project. So this is not The French Dispatch, which uh, is coming out in October of this year. This is the project that will immediately follow that. They're getting ready to start production on that uh, over in Spain, if I recall correctly. But The Hollywood Reporter reporting that Margot Robbie is set to join that cast of Wes Anderson's next film. And it's a cast that already includes Tom Hanks, who is also a newcomer to the Wes Anderson portfolio and filmography as well as, uh, you know, your resident 
favorites on the Wes Anderson films, Tilda Swinton, Bill Murray, and Adrian Brody. Those are all the cast members that have been announced so far, but I'm sure in the coming days, weeks, you know, as production gets underway, we'll get more news. But this is very exciting. And, you know, even not knowing what the project is, this is an extremely exciting story for a number of reasons. I think, first of all, Margot Robbie is a huge star. If you listen to our Suicide uh, Squad review earlier this week, Kirk and I both gushed about Margot Robbie's performance as Harley Quinn. And, you know, she's already been nominated for multiple Academy Awards. She is an incredible actor. She's very young, much, much younger than I think most people realize. I believe she's under 30 years old. I'll fact check that real quick while I keep talking. But born in 1990 so she just she just crossed the uh, 31 year old threshold so still a very young actor and someone who really despite the accolades despite the fact that she's a household name despite the fact that she's already worked with Quentin Tarantino and and these other huge directors she is you know she's not even scratched the surface this isn't even the tip of the iceberg for what she can do and will do if you look at her upcoming projects so we've got this untitled Wes Anderson film that's coming up, obviously. And you also have Barbie, which is going to be directed by Greta Gerwig. That's sure to be a huge uh, film. Uh, She's in an untitled David O. Russell project that I believe Christian Bale is also involved in. He's uh, David O. Russell is the guy who directed Silver Linings Playbook, Joy, uh, The Fighter, uh, American Hustle, etc. And she's also in Damien Chazelle's Babylon. Damien Chazelle, of course, the Academy Award uh, nominated director of Whiplash and First Man and La La Land. And that's just a few of those projects. There's also this rumor of the Pirates of the Caribbean project that she's been working on. So she has a list of projects coming up in the next couple of years here that can take her from, you know, being a household name to being the actor of our generation. And I, I'm not trying to overstate it all. I just really think that this has potential for multiple more Academy Award nominations, huge, big money, big visibility projects. And I think most importantly, you listen to those projects, those are all over the place in terms of the acting spectrum. And I mean, we all know that that she has the range. I think that's been, been evident since the beginning of her career. So this is a really good chance for her. And Wes Anderson isn't for everybody. I think he's worked with a lot of really high profile actors, but it's hard to fit his tone and to, to work to his feel and aesthetic and um, style. So I think it's going to be a really interesting and, and good project for her. And I'm, I cannot wait for that to come together. So we'll be following that new Wes Anderson movie for you to make sure we, we keep up with the latest there. All right, next up. And this is more on the subject, uh, you know, something that's really been a hot topic of conversation over 2020, 2021, is this this whole tug of war going on between the streaming providers, the studios, and these movie theater chain, particularly the large chains. So um, the latest news here is that Warner Brothers has reached an agreement to exclusively offer their 2022 slate of films at AMC theaters for an exclusive 45-day theater window. Now, if that sounds really familiar, the reason for that is because they've reached a sin- similar agreement with Cineworld, um, which owns Regal Cinemas, if I'm remembering correctly. So there's some confusing language here, particularly the word exclusive. So when you hear exclusive, you think, 
oh my gosh, the Warner movies are only going to be at Regal Cinemas or only going to be at AMC. Really what they're referring to here is the fact that this will be an exclusive 45-day theater window. So typically, the theater window is much longer, meaning films have to stay within the theater window for a certain period of time before they can go to video-on-demand rentals, traditional rentals, and then even after that, you know, uh, streaming subscriptions, TV, HBO, stuff like that. So this is shortening that window to where 45 days after a film premieres in theaters it you know it has to stay in theaters for that 45 day window and then after that that's when they can go to video on demand or streaming service in this case it will be hbo max uh, because that's that's warner's streaming platform but that's basically what this means so this isn't the first deal of this kind that warner has struck and it won't be the last because i don't think that warner is going to stop at just having their their 2022 slate at AMC and Regal, though that does have a massive footprint. I think they're going to look to expand this. And it's just a matter of the the theater chains playing ball. And, and right now, any theater chains that don't have an agreement like this in place are in a position of, well, do I want the Warner slate or do I not? And, and or do I want to lose it to my competition over this 45 day window? So it's a, it's an interesting leverage play and an interesting development in the film world as we kind of see this evolve you know what does the future of movie theaters look like what 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 does what role does streaming play do movie theaters have a future is is there a long-term um place for movie theaters in the content environment i think we're going to see that sort of play out over the next few years but i do honestly think this is a decent move for both parties i think obviously warner gets what they want which is a shorter theater window they're obviously backing off a little bit of what they had this year with the same day in theater and on HBO Max releases. And so they're they're winning back some favor with the movie theaters. But at the end of the day, the movie theaters are are losing a little bit of ground. You know, they've had this longer theater window for decades. So this is this is them losing some ground in the negotiations. And once you lose ground in a negotiation, it's hard to get it back. So I think the real question will be to see how consumers react. Will people still go see these movies or will they say eh it'll be on hbo max in you know two and a half months i'll wait or not even a month and a half and i'll wait for that because uh paramount just did something similar to this with a quiet place part two where it had a 45 day window in theaters and then it released on paramount plus and it felt fast it felt really fast so i think there's a chance where there's these fringe movies that are like people want to see it but it's not at the top of their list People might make the call to just wait until it hits HBO Max and they can save themselves a little bit of time and money um, to avoid the theater. So it's definitely an interesting story. Lots lots happening there and obviously lots of technicalities and, and lawyers and things like that involved. But it's it's an interesting development in the ongoing struggle for you know content exclusivity, particularly as it relates to film. So we'll keep an eye on that. And that's coming from Variety. They were first on that story. All right, next up we've got some fun casting news, some some movie, you know, in development type news. So let's start here. Uh, the source on this one is Idris Elba. Idris Elba broke his own news, which is that he has been cast as Knuckles, the echidna, in Sonic the Hedgehog 2, the sequel to the animated or half animated, half live action Sonic the Hedgehog movie that came out in 2019. So he has been cast as Knuckles. This is obviously 
a fully animated character. If you guys aren't familiar with Knuckles the Echidna, he's red. He's kind of hardcore looking. He's got like spikes on his hands. That's why they call him Knuckles. And he's one of the coolest characters, in my opinion, in the entire Sonic the Hedgehog slate of characters. But this is this is not Idris Elba's first foray into voice acting. I mean, he did. He was Sheer Khan in the live action Jungle Jungle Book. He was like one of those uh, sea lions in Finding Dory 2, and I know he's done a lot more than that. So this is a familiar space for him, and, and given the fact that he posted a photo and was the first one to break this news, he seems pretty excited about it. So that's a fun development. In fact, um, we didn't even have Knuckles confirmed for this movie yet. The, the only thing we really knew about this movie was that Tails was involved because of the end credit scene from the first Sonic the Hedgehog movie that shows Tails. And we don't have casting news for Tails yet. So um, Knuckles is officially in the second Sonic the Hedgehog movie and will be voiced by the incomparable Idris Elba. So that'd be a fun one to watch out for. Um, a couple really, in my opinion, surprise stories that sort of popped up over the last couple of weeks, um, or, or really the last week, I should say, First one is that another Jumanji movie is in the is in the works. This would be technically the fourth movie in the series. You know, I keep wanting to call it like Jumanji three because it's the third film in this new franchise. You know, the Dwayne Johnson, Karen Gillan, Kevin Hart, Jack Black franchise. But this would technically be the fourth Jumanji film. But producer Hiram Garcia from Seven Bucks Productions was the one to announce this in an interview with Collider. He said that they're working on. Uh, a script for the Jumanji film and and trying to make it happen. I think this is exciting that that series has done really well so far in terms of box office. I think it's been generally well received over the first couple of films. Um, but I am I, I would say that I'm mostly surprised about this um, because there were there were rumors that Jack Black was going to be retiring from acting and you know Dwayne Johnson is and Karen Gillan there they continue to be busy people. Dwayne Johnson, obviously extraordinarily busy. So, um, they're, they're making time in the schedule to make this happen. So another Jumanji movie on the way for all you Jumanji fans out there. And we'll obviously continue to, to provide updates as we get them. Another surprise, and this one is probably a bigger surprise than Jumanji is, uh, Chronicle. A Chronicle sequel is in the works. Producer John Davis said in an interview with Forbes, he was talking about uh, a film that he produced called Jungle Cruise, which we which we reviewed on this podcast. But he was, you know, he was asked about the Man from Uncle and Chronicle, and specifically said that a Chronicle sequel is in the works right now, and that the film will be told quote from the female point of view unquote, and it's expected to put, take place about ten years after the original event. So for those. For those of you that haven't seen Chronicle, now would be a great time to go see it. It was sort of one of those under the radar, it was a low budget film that released, I mean, I want to say like 2012 or something like that, and stars Dane DeHaan, and it was, yeah, I think the budget was like less than $20 million on this movie, and it did pretty well, it did surprisingly well in the box office, and then it was a huge hit in like the TV you know, like FX type circuit, seeing the movie on TV and, and being syndicated on streaming platforms and things like that. Um, it's a it's a really cool movie. It's got a it's a found footage style, so think of like Blair Witch or 
Um, Cloverfield is the other one that comes to mind. Basically, like somebody found a camera with all this footage. That's the style of it. But it's a really cool story about these kids who are high school age and end up coming in contact with this, uh, you know, extraterrestrial substance and end up getting superpowers. And it kind of shows it has an interesting take on kids gaining superpowers that I don't think we we often see. So it was it was sort of a surprise hit. But yeah, they are working on a sequel. And if that movie did come out in 2012, like I feel like it did, I'm going to look it up real quick while I keep talking here. But um, that would be, you know, 10 years after the fact that this film, you know, maybe even more so that this film ends up getting a sequel. So that's that's very exciting. Yeah, 2012, 2012 on the original Chronicles. So go check that out. Let me see if it is streaming anywhere. I should have pulled this up because that'll make it easier for you to go view. It is not. You got to rent it. You got to rent it. But it's it's worth the it's worth the whatever, like 3.99, 4.99 just to check it out and and hopefully there'll be a payoff of a sequel here in the very near future. So Chronicle 2 coming to a theater or streaming service near you uh, hopefully within the next couple of years. Next up, um, South Park fans. This is this is huge news. I mean, South Park has been around forever and, and really has a really consistent following, but it's, it's going to continue to stick around. Bloomberg was first to report that the South Park creators, Trey Parker and Matt Stone, signed a massive, and I mean huge, deal with uh, Viacom CBS. $900 million dollars and included in that deal is an additional six seasons of South Park for Comedy Central. So it'll it'll stay on Comedy Central and you'll be able to watch it there. Um, but additionally, 14, yes, 14, I feel like I need to like spell that out, 14 South Park movies for Paramount Plus. So this is a huge money deal. I mean, $900 million dollars um, to create all of this content in 14 South Park films that will be coming to Paramount Plus. So Paramount Plus making an aggressive push to to grab that that uh, segment of fans and to really reel them into their platform. I think, you know, based on who I talk with and the fact that South Park has been around as long as it has, uh, that segment of people is still very large and very passionate about the show. So I think this, you know, just initial analysis is that this is a pretty good deal. I mean, it'll, it remains to be seen if it'll be worth $900 million, but I think uh, South Park being a pillar of what Paramount Plus is trying to pull together is a really good call, a really smart call. And on the flip side, let's let's switch to another story. Uh, this is coming from TV Line. And this, I mean, this is the absolute flip side. So Roku is definitely cementing themselves as the bargain bin island of misfit toys streaming service as they continue to scoop up shows movies uh projects that were were abandoned by other studios so obviously roku famously has all of the quibi content that they're bringing back to life on their streaming channel the roku channel but now it is uh being reported by tv line that they are developing a zoe's extraordinary playlist movie um, which, for those of you who aren't familiar, that was a network television show. At, frankly, I can't even remember what network. I apologize for that. But it got it got canceled. The fandom was extremely upset about it and, and raised a pretty big stink about it on social media. Um, but despite all of that, it didn't get renewed at its network. So Roku is picking it up. They're developing a movie that will sort of, um, you know, I guess, give a satisfying ending to the show. But 
they haven't closed the door on on developing more episodes. They said if the movie performs well, they are expecting to develop more episodes of the show. So it's sort of a, a trial run for them uh, to kind of grab some new subscribers, grab uh, you know this specific segment of fans, and to to revive this. So for those of you out there who are on the hashtag Save Manifest train, you know don't give up hope. Roku may be there with open arms to to save your show. So. Uh, for anybody who has a show out there that has been canceled and they want it back, uh, you know, start writing a petition to Roku or something. They're, they, they're obviously bargain hunting and, and looking to to make a splash in the streaming landscape. So good news for all you Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist fans out there. All right, next up, let's jump over to the mainstream. And, and what could be more mainstream than, than superheroes? Superheroes are still so hot right now. We have tons of superhero news. This one caught me by surprise. I mean, we've we've heard about Deadpool 3, and we know that, that Marvel is developing it, and they expect it to be R-rated. You know, we had those stories sort of trickling through uh, probably around this time last year, maybe, maybe a little bit after that. But when asked by Collider to give a percentage chance on Deadpool 3 beginning production next year, Ryan Reynolds said, and I quote, I'd say 70%. He said they're actively developing it and getting it into pretty good shape. So it's in a stage, uh, it's in a state where they're really working on the project. It's not just in early development. They, they are actively working on the project and trying to get it um, pulled together. So he thinks, and again, here's another quote, pretty darn good, he said, on the chance that it gets uh, produced starting next year. So production underway starting next year. So that is great news. Obviously, um, you know, for those of you who, who closely follow what's been going on with the MCU and their release schedules, nobody saw it on the on the Phase Four schedule, and people were kind of like, "Hmm, wonder what's going on there." So, but you know, movies that get produced in 2022 could end up uh, being a late 2023 drop, maybe early 2024. So we'll we'll see what happens there. But Deadpool three is is starting to gain some momentum. Staying on the Marvel train, we. Uh, Actually, just today, What If, Marvel Studios' What If, which is the animated series, dropped today, which is Wednesday, August 11th. And there is a report from Variety that multiple other animated shows are in the works at Marvel in various stages of development. So we we know that they're working on What If Season 2, but even beyond that, there are plans for more animated shows, and some of them are already uh, in various stages of development. So... We'll see. What If is, is obviously very new. I actually haven't even watched the first episode yet. I'll probably go right up and grab my iPad and, and do that right after this. But, um, you know, they, they're, they're continuing to develop in that animated medium, and we'll see if it, if it pays off for them. But certainly excited, always exciting to hear more Marvel shows, products on the way. Right now they did say that there isn't any plans or there aren't any plans for animated films, feature-length films at this time. But for right now, it does sound like there are some shows on the way. So we will definitely keep a close eye on that. Finally, got a couple of stories related to The Suicide Squad, which dropped in theaters on August 6th, which was last Friday, and also on HBO Max. There's a couple stories coming out around that. The first one, and this floored me, I have to admit, this, this absolutely floored me. The Suicide Squad was only able to amass... $26.5 million in the box office this weekend. Um, That is a shocking number (laughs) for 
for a lot of reasons. I think, first of all, the promotion for this movie I thought was excellent. I thought there was tons of social media advertising, tons of traditional media advertising on television, um, you know, ads on, on Roku and Fire TV. I mean, everywhere. I saw it, saw it all over the place. I thought they did an excellent job of promoting this movie. I think it's also surprising because it's, it's James Gunn. It's the big movie that James Gunn, you know, he got fired from Marvel. He went to DC and this this huge thing, this huge buildup, and it's got this huge cast of characters and stars. I, I mean, it, for so many reasons, it's flooring. I mean, obviously, the, the elephant in the room is that there is a COVID-19 Delta variant spike going on right now, and different parts of the country are handling that in different ways in terms of, you know, some municipalities have a mask mandate back and some don't. So so that definitely could have hurt the in-theater performance. And then there's obviously HBO Max, um, which can hurt as well. But here's what's interesting. Here's what's really interesting is that the, they have been sort of vaguely alluding to different numbers as it relates to these streaming, these movies that go same day to streaming on HBO Max as they do in theaters. And... What they said about um, the Suicide Squad is that it had the second biggest opening weekend of any of their new 2021 films to premiere in theaters and on HBO Max from a streaming perspective. Second biggest weekend from a streaming perspective. And that came in behind Mortal Kombat, which is staggering <laughs> for a number of reasons. I mean, first of all, you would think that if you're talking about a DC Comics film next to Mortal Kombat, that DC would would take the lead, especially a James Gunn-directed film. Uh, both of those films are rated R, so you don't have the rating issue there. I mean, obviously, if we're comparing Black Widow to The Suicide Squad, there is going to be a little bit of a lift towards Black Widow, um, if all else is equal, just because it's rated PG-13 and not R. So that automatically alienates a certain percent of your potential viewership. But when you're talking about Mortal Kombat beating The Suicide Squad in streaming numbers... Um, that's shocking. <laughs> That's shocking. I, I, I can't think of what could possibly explain that. Maybe it's, you know, maybe there's more competition for content now than there was when Mortal Kombat came out. I mean, obviously, the world hadn't really started to open back up when Mortal Kombat came to HBO Max. I don't know that H that Mortal Kombat had a theatrical release, if I can remember. I mean, I definitely watched it on HBO Max, but I can't remember if it actually went to theaters come to think of it um which is bad i should know that but i, I don't remember but either way I, I i still feel like no matter what i would have expected the suicide squad to dwarf the numbers that mortal Kombat generated so that is that is surprising um and it's really a head scratcher so also just mortal Kombat being number one of of the releases on hbo max so far this year is shocking too when you've got movies like godzilla versus kong the Zack snyder Justice League, Space Jam, I don't know. I don't know. It's just totally perplexing to me. Maybe maybe that Mortal Kombat fandom is much larger than I give it credit for, and I know the video game is popular, but I am absolutely floored that that movie did as well as it did. Um, the By the way, the number on $100 million of promotion, that came from Variety. That's, that's not a small amount of budget. I think the film itself had a budget of around $200 million. So um, $26 million uh, in the domestic box office in the first weekend is, uh, is tough. 
is tough, especially since it, it, it had glowing reviews as well. Again, it's just all of these numbers point in the direction of what should be really good box office performance, but it just it wasn't there. So um, we'll be watching that over the coming weeks to see what happens. But on that same topic of the Suicide Squad, Walter Hamada, who is the president of DC Films, said uh, in an interview with The Hollywood Reporter that DC Films has, quote, more stuff planned, unquote, with James Gunn. So this sounds like it may not be a one and done. I mean, obviously, James Gunn is working on the Peacemaker series for HBO Max, which is a DC project. But the way that Walter Hamada talked about this sounded like outside of that series and this movie, they have more stuff planned for James Gunn. So much remains to be seen on that front. I mean, obviously, James Gunn is working with Marvel for Guardians Volume 3. There's also the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. So those two projects will will both be under the direction of James Gunn. But it remains to be seen if his future at Marvel Studios uh, extends beyond that. But it definitely sounds like there's more planned at DC Films for James Gunn. So we will see how that all develops. But it should be interesting for him to to be playing sort of uh, both sides of it. But I certainly don't think there's any rule against it he's arguably the best comic book film director going right now he's got a very specific style that crowds tend to love and 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 really enjoy it seems to have a sort of universal appeal um so if it works for both companies to to use him in an ongoing way then i think that they will find a way to make that work but if not um it at least sounds like his future at dc is secure for for a little while more all right and that's that's really all I had in terms of, of news. I mean, there, there are some other things going on, but the one other thing that I wanted to touch on and want to start doing a better job of on this podcast is just talking about things that are out there for you to watch right now. So I think um, there are a lot of things that have been dropping recently and uh, on various streaming platforms. And I think sometimes it's like, oh, you hear something here, you hear something there. You don't know when these things are coming out, where they're coming out, you know, where you can watch them. So a couple of things to sort of throw on your radar First one is Vivo, which is a uh, Sony Animation Studios or Sony Animation Pictures film that uh, is streaming on Netflix. This is an animated film. Uh, Sony Sony Animation did uh, the Into the Spider Verse movies, and they've obviously or, or they're they they're doing the Into the Spider Verse movies, and they've done more. But this one is a musical, and it has music written by Lin Manuel Miranda. Lin Manuel Miranda also is one of the characters in the film. I think he's the main character. So definitely one to check out. It's on Netflix streaming now. Um, Hard Knocks, which is the annual uh, HBO docuseries on NFL training camp is back this year and it's on HBO Max. Uh, it's it And drops on HBO live, um, like the actual channel on Tuesday nights drops on HBO Max on Tuesday nights as well. But they just had their first episode this time. They're following the Dallas Cowboys as the team of focus for the show. So that's one to check out. Um, this weekend, we've got Free Guy, the Ryan Reynolds film where he's a video game character uh, dropping in theaters on August 13th. A film called Beckett starring John David Washington, which appears to be a thriller of some sort, is, is dropping on Netflix on August 13th. Uh, Coda is dropping on Apple TV Plus. If you remember this, we talked about this movie. This is the movie that broke the um, acquisition record 
in terms of how much a studio paid for it at Sundance Film Festival last year. So it broke the record that was previously set by Palm Springs and became the highest acquisition cost movie by a studio. And that's that's premiering on Apple TV Plus on the 13th, which is Friday. And then Respect, which is the Aretha Franklin movie, is going to be in theaters this weekend as well, August 13th. And one other call out, there's been a lot of hype in film Twitter about uh, the movie Pig starring Nicolas Cage. It's been sort of talked about as this masterful masterful performance from Nicolas Cage and, and something to watch for the Oscars. So if that's something that you're interested in, it's now available to rent on video on demand. So I rented it on Amazon Prime Video last week and I really enjoyed it. I, I, I gave it a stellar review. It's, it's on my Letterboxd if you guys want to go check that out there. Um, Letterboxd, which is the app that we've been talking about the last couple of weeks. You can find me there. Um, Cam Wiggs is my username. So if you are interested in my thoughts on it, you can check it out on Letterboxd. Otherwise, you can take a look at it for yourself on Amazon Prime Video or Vudu or wherever you like to rent films digitally. But with all that being said, that's all I've got for you today. Thank you guys so much for listening. Hopefully, uh, I mean, I know you guys miss Kirk. I, I miss Kirk too, let's be honest. But he is getting some much-deserved uh, rest and relaxation this week, having a nice vacation. So glad that he's able to do that. And glad that we were still able to have a What's Poppin' podcast. Hopefully you weren't too bored by the fact that it was just me this week. But I very, very much appreciate you listening as always, if you guys want to connect with us, you know how to do it. We're on social, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Um, we're also on Letterboxd, as I've said, and Discord. There's a link in the description for Discord. You can also follow us on YouTube, Twitch, um, uh, you know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We're anywhere you need to find us. You should be able to do so by just checking the description of this podcast. As always, appreciate the support, and as always want to give a special thanks to our executive producer, Ryan Spriggs, and the band that created our original music, Rhetoric, you're about to hear right now. Catch those guys on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, and we will see you guys next week. Talk to you then. Bye.